Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind with red lips and no jumpers. I am your host, Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead, joined once again by my beautiful friend, Angela of Parisian Farm Girl. And you'll notice that I said, ladies and gentlemen, when I started this podcast, and that is because I heard from our one gentleman listener. And I believe it was his wife who would put it on the speaker in the kitchen, but they listened together. I think he calls us the wine ladies, which is fine. But we're we're welcome. We are. That's not the right word. Wow. <laughs> we're welcome. We are so welcome. We are excited to have you rather. He's going to need a name. We yes. have Karen and Frank. Frank, that's what came to your mind. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Frank. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tubes & Co. I love getting your message. All of you who have already purchased a product from Tubes & Co., it's so exciting that you're sharing with us over on Instagram what you're getting from this amazing company. Tubes & Co. is an organic, sustainable, all-natural makeup and skincare company that was started by my dear friend Emily and her husband, Trent. So this is a husband and wife dynamic duo that started with a passion for natural, non-toxic skincare and makeup. They use the highest quality grass-fed tallow which moisturizes and nourishes the skin with a fat that it knows how to work with. You speak in the same language. And then they throw in all these wonderful essential oils and olive oils to help provide your skin with wonderful skincare. They've also formulated and created a variety of all kinds of non-toxic makeup products like mineral foundations, blushes, concealers, mascara, and red lipstick, our favorite color, red wine. So I want you to head on over to Toops and Co. That's T-O-U-P-S and co.com. And I want you to use the coupon code HOMEMAKER to get a 10% discount just for being a Homemaker Chic listener. I love Toops & Co. Angela loves Toops & Co. And we know that you will too. So make sure that you tell Emily that we sent you by using the coupon code HOMEMAKER for that 10% discount. And every night you can wash your face because you know how strict I am about that. You have you to are. wash your face before you slide into your American Blossom Linens. American Blossom Linens. <laughs> wow. We're, we American, are wow. good. We're good at this. <laughs> almost <laughs> professional. We're almost professional. <laughs> American Blossom Linens is also sponsoring the show. This is an organic bedding company. So we're talking about homegrown, Texas-grown American cotton into your bedroom. Okay? Amelie Lee just got her set the other day. She is in love with them. These are modern vintage sheets. So for all of our girlfriends and Frank... <laughs> that love, the feeling of vintage linens. American Blossom Linens is how you're going to want to dress your bed. This is a female-run company. I'm so proud to have them on the show. And you can be a part of this with the code HOMEMAKER20 because American Blossom Linens has generously offered 20% off to all the Homemaker Chic listeners, which I think is absolutely fabulous. AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Homemaker Chic 20 is your discount code. That's a good one. I Okay, I'm going <laughs> to share with you our love comment of the week. You're going to like this one. I haven't shared it with you yet. 
Are you ready okay. for it? Okay. Our love comment this week comes from Instagram and it comes from Jess Raber. And this is what she said on last week's episode. While listening to this week's episode, I was sipping a wonderful La Croix key lime flavor canned in 2020 (laughs) while wearing scrubs and no lipstick, driving home from an evening shift in the behavioral health ER. So much would have rather been sipping a glass of wine, but alas, drinking and driving is frowned upon by everyone, including me. And I'm with you, Shay. Sun Gold Tomatoes rock. <laughs> that one just made me smile. I laughed out loud. I read it the other day. Um, <laughs> I tried not to laugh while you were reading that because did you say La Croix? How, else, how do you say it? Okay. La it's, Cro- Cro- it's La Croix, but here of in the Midwest. it is. A, no, listen. This is the joke <sighs> to all my Midwestern girlfriends and Frank. If you live in Wisconsin, especially, it's LaCroix. Oh, I haven't heard that one. I've heard everyone crew. calls it LaCroix. It's so funny to me. Oh, but that it's is total funny. Midwestern. It's like kombucha. Yeah. It's LaCroix. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. You know, I'm still so new to French. When I first started learning French, you guys, I am like, a quarter of a percent into learning this language. Okay. (laughs) Eventually I got to the point where I'm like, okay, just don't pronounce the last, just make the sound at the very start of the word. and Don't pronounce any other sounds for the rest of the word. (laughs) So I just go with the, the first chunk crew, but that's also how I've heard it pronounced. So now we know La Croix. Croix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not even fancy enough to pronounce those. Yeah. It's a shame. Those vowels. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not what I'm drinking anyway, but it, what I'm drinking, I have no clue how to pronounce either. And I heard from our Austrian listener who speaks German. She verified because I asked. Aggressively. Aggressively. And she said that my pronunci- pronunciation of Vetliner was perfect. So Wonderful. I'm celebrating by drinking another Austrian wine today. It's a white blend from Dry Farms. So Dry Farms is sponsoring our wine segment today. We love them. This is a wine subscription program that both Angela and I use. And it's a wine supplier of organic and biodynamic, low sugar, low alcohol wines from all over the world. And we love them because they're organic and naturally and traditionally made wines from these little boutique wineries all over the world. The wine is so good and you feel really good when you drink it. So that's what I'm drinking today. I am drinking a Carnuntum Weiss. Carnuntum Weiss. Oh, and. Weiss. <laughs> and. And. <laughs> Yes. You see this label? Okay. It's oh, a yeah, white blend. From, it's a Gruniere Vetliner, Pinot Blanc, and Welsh Riesling. So it's quite peppy. It's quite peppy in my mouth. I'm enjoying it. Full bodied. Ain't nothing thin about this wine. It's bold. Like my German. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, you're just bringing it all together. Listen, well, I am I... on my A game, obviously. <laughs> You know, it's a birthday weekend in our house Woo-hoo. and it's Mother's Day. Woo-hoo. Happy so birthday, I've got Joel. The bubbly. Happy birthday, Joel. So I've got a little a little bubbly here in preparation. Mm. And this is a Pierre Peters Blanc de Blanc. And um, oh, Blanc de Blanc. That's a fun yeah. name to say. It's um, 
It's really lovely. This is just a very moderately priced wine. It's not Corbel. It's not $9.99, but it's not over $36 either. So there's your clue. It's a very specific. <laughs> it's range. very specific. This is about a $35 bottle of uh, champagne and it's it's delicious. Mm. Very crisp flavors. And um, the soil there is really chalky. And it's just, I love it. I love a good brute. I do too. Mm. So this is the Cuvée de Réserve brute. How's that for some pronunciation? How is that for some pronunciation? Mm. I love Gosh. that. Well, if you are interested in dry farms, if you're wondering where we get our wines and how we can drink wine and still feel good the next morning, I want you to make sure to check out dry farms because they really, really are fantastic. And their mm. info is in the show notes because Angela's doing the show notes and she's organized and amazing. Sort of. Sort of. She's sort of amazing. Um, I wish that... Sort of. <laughs> what? Do you want to expand on that? <laughs> no, I don't. There's uh, such a de- <laughs> delay in our video stream. You're just like, domo arigato, Mr. Roboto <laughs> over there. And I'm like, I'm just trying to keep up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Hang in there. Pretty soon you go you go like, we love try farm because <laughs> <laughs> Catches up really, really fast. You must have a bad connection today. That's your cue, Ange. Start talking. (laughs) I wish we could be with you celebrating Joel's birthday. (laughs) Do you hear that? I had this big, like, meal planned. I did hear that. Wait, what is that sound? That was my mom texting me. So sorry. That's not what I was talking about. I had Ignore. like, you know, it's I, I mentioned this the other day. It's like total ramps. I'm obsessed with them. That's wild garlic. It's in the forest. There's a bajillion here. And uh, I love to, you know, saute them in the butter and baste the steak and all the goodness. And I had this meal planned and Joel's like, you know, I really just want tacos. Uh, <laughs> OK, then <laughs> I can do that. A man so, after my own heart. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yep. That's what I want when I'm on death row. I want tacos and beer. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> somebody bring me tacos and beer. I can't do the beer with the tacos because I get too full. I'd rather eat. Mm. The carbonation makes me feel I'll drink margarita and then the sugar will make me think I need more food and then I can just keep eating. <laughs> I can see how this could go nowhere wrong. <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, today we are diving into a topic that was requested uh, on Instagram. And Angela had mentioned a couple of days ago starching her sheets. And lest you think that is a really boring topic, that's not totally what we're talking about. But the question was posed in the way was, what is that? What is she even talking about? So this was somebody who is very new to homemaking and just just getting her general bearings for like, what are we even doing here? And so we thought, let's talk about that. Let's talk about beginner moves for the novice homemaker, where to even begin. Maybe you aren't a homemaker and you're just sort of stepping into that role now. Maybe with the state of things, stuff has gotten shifted in your home and you're having to sort of take on a different role or more of a role or Mm -hmm. Maybe you've been doing this for a long time and you still aren't quite in the pocket, as it were. 
right? There's like, there's lots of scenarios that could lead people to what am, what am I even doing at my house? What is this homemaker? What does that mean? Does that mean that I have to wear a 90s denim jumper and homeschool my kids? Is that what that means? No. No. <laughs> it doesn't. It does not mean that. And you know nine, what I like as the Germans say. Nine. 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 Uh, no. Okay. Uh, I do like this topic because we can do this all year. I mean, we're not going to exhaust anything today. We could talk about, I can talk about starch for a half hour. I mean, please don't. That I love me some starch. Horrible. I make my own. I'm horrible. I use so much cornstarch that I end up clogging the nozzle because I'm like, you like them starched. I like them starched. Mm-hmm. I have to like brush off the little white debris. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, back in my uh, older days. I would take my, like, you know, my cowboy shirts, mm-hmm. like my Wrangler shirts, and I would get them starched and pressed at the laundromat. So when you would wear them, you'd have to stick your arm in and be like, because it'd be so stiff. I love yeah. it. I think uh, George Strait does something similar with his jeans. I think yes. he washes them a certain amount of times and then he presses them with the crease or maybe he has it done so there's a crease i'm sure george yeah. Strait does not press his own pants i might be wrong about that but i love some george Strait, man if i miss i i have okay i have no desire to go to vegas ever <laughs> it's just not my thing i don't really want to go to hawaii and i don't really want to go to vegas and i know a lot of people would disagree with me but George Strait is retired from touring, but he does have a show in Vegas, or he did. And if this whole like pandemic, we can never do anything in public again, ruins my chances of seeing George Strait. <laughs> that's one of my like my little selfish list over in the corner things mm. that really tick me off about the pandemic. George Strait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I you'll be just, able to see him. I would just love to see him. And if I have to go to Vegas to do it, I will suck it up. And I will go to Vegas yeah. to see George Strait. Mm-hmm. Vegas is. I'm almost to your house. So maybe I'll just do it on a layover. Yeah, yeah you could do that. Yeah. There's not much right. in the Vegas airport. I did eat tacos there one time. It was no bueno on the flight back. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know how we each feel about airport food. Oh, man. <gasps> Shay and I, the last time we were together, was that the last time we were together? Oh, gosh, I Yikes. hope not. I think it was. Weeping over whiskey and grilled cheese. (laughs) If I die, will you take my children? (laughs) We ordered maybe the worst food ever. We were so hungry. We knew we shouldn't do it. Did I order a brat? What did you order? I ordered a grilled cheese and tomato. I thought this is tomato soup. Like surely this is safe. My gut was upset for like two weeks after that meal. It was so bad. So bad. But that's not what we're talking like, about today. Let's talk about something not. prettier and nicer than airport. Let's talk about making problems. your own starch. A little water, a little cornstarch. We'll, we'll get some there. lavender oil. There you hmm. go. Okay. Put out a good movie. Get out the ironing board and just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does take a while. You have to have a certain amount of patience to starch your shoes. You do. You do. Yeah. And a clean floor. Yeah. You got to get into the zone a bit, mm-hmm. as with all ironing. Okay, I want to do this quote, speaking of movies, okay. from Audrey Hepburn, who we both love. 
Yes. But I loved this quote I found from her on homemaking. This is what it says. Yes. Okay. It's sad if people think that homemaking is a dull existence, but you can't just buy an apartment and furnish it and walk away. It's the flowers you choose, the music you play, the smile you have waiting. I want it to be gay and cheerful, a haven in this troubled world. I don't want my husband and children to come home and find a rattled woman. Our era is an already rattled enough, isn't it? Hello. <laughs> yeah, she was she was um she loved homemaking. Once she pulled back from the movies, that was her thing. She was a, I mean, not to say that she wasn't a good mother while making movies, but she was very very passionate about her home environment. And homemaking. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I was a little convicted by the, they don't want to come home to find a rattled woman. Uh, uh, awkward. <laughs> Dang. Thanks, Audrey. <laughs> Chalk it up to something else I have failed at because lest anyone think this is all just music and flowers and smiles. Um, it's not. And if you don't feel that way all the time, you should know that you're not doing something wrong. <laughs> Because (laughs) that's just the way that it goes. And I'm assuming from this quote that her husband and children left the home at some point because obviously they're coming back to the house. But that's that's a topic for a different day. The point is, it's this atmosphere you're creating in your home. That to me is homemaking. What is what I call the aroma of my home? You guys have used used heard me use that term before. So Angela, if you could boil homemaking down for somebody who is just getting started, mm-hmm. what, what would you say that it is? I would say that it is a self, it is a chosen career. It's an intentional, I'm going to stay home for, this is for me. I'm going to stay home and I'm going to treat this like my job. Mm -hmm. And so that is why I encourage women to get dressed for homemaking because you don't go to work looking like a slob. Mm -hmm. You dress for your job and you, you do your career. Like someone's watching you do your career. Like there's going to be a review at the end of the quarter or like, you know, that if you drop the ball or if you don't do X, Y, Z, um, somewhere in the supply chain or somewhere in the grand scheme of your company, it will, it will affect, you know, the bottom line. And I think it's the same for homemaking because we are most or many homemakers are trying to take small people and (laughs) bring them into the world as responsible, coherent adults that can function and have a conversation and pick up after themselves. And, um, you know, they're taking care of their husband as he takes care of them. I just think to treat it like a job in um, in your heart. Like, this is what I do. I do it with pride. I do it with passion. And I do it because it matters. Mm-hmm. I can't stand when people put the word just in front of the words, a homemaker. I'm just a homemaker. I have a really good quote on that. But before okay. we go there, I want to be, I want to expand on what you said a little bit because you mentioned, okay, you chose to stay at home at some point in your life. You decided this is going to be my job. I'm going to stay home with my children. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What if I have a career? What if I don't have a husband? What if I don't have children? Am I okay? a homemaker? Am I still yes. a homemaker? Am I allowed to be a homemaker? What does that look like? 
Yeah, because you are the basically a homemaker is a creator of an environment. So whether you have children, whether you have a spouse, you matter. Your personal habits, your personal grooming habits, your personal cleansing habits, the types of meals that you treat yourself to to sit down and enjoy, those all matter. You can be a homemaker extraordinaire just for yourself and take great pride in your home instead of just having it be that maybe this mm-hmm. sort of last resort. I I, right. I am saddened by the sort of last resort or, you know, put on your best for the world. But then when you come home, you know, all hell breaks loose right. or who cares? Or it's yoga pants and pajamas and <laughs> microwave meals, like whatever. And even if you're and and whatever, if microwave meals are your version of homemaking, then do it with excellence. <laughs> Keep your microwave clean. Sit down. Enjoy that meal. <laughs> you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like this. Um, you have to do things a certain way. Not every homemaker has to be a bread baker or a mother. I just I think it's a mindset. It's like homesteading. Homesteading is a mindset. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be somebody that grows more food than you do or does more than you do. It's this, it's a hard, it's about your mind. It's a hard term. No, it does. It's a hard term to define. Just like, like you said, um, a homesteader, that's a very hard term. Mm -hmm. But here's this quote. This is from John Seymour from a really good book called Forgotten Household Crafts. And this is what he says about what you just Mm kind of mentioned. I'm only a housewife. I'm afraid. How often do we hear this shocking admission? I'm afraid that when I hear it, I feel very angry indeed. Only a housewife. Only a practitioner of one of the two most noble professions. The other one is that of a farmer. Only the mistress of a huge battery of high and varied skills and custodian of civilization itself. Only a typist, perhaps. Only a company director or a nuclear physicist or a barista. Only the president. When a woman says she is a housewife, she should say it with the utmost pride, for there is nothing higher on this planet to which she could aspire. And I want to make a distinction there because I think it's important we don't put homemaker above any other thing. (laughs) It's the thing if that's what you've been called to do. I haven't been called Mm -hmm. to be a nuclear physicist. Mm -hmm. The work that's been handed to me is that of a homemaker. And I think the important thing, like you mentioned, Angela, and I think this hits the nail on the head, is to do whatever we've been called to do with excellence. Yes. With excellence. Um, And so if you've been called either to take care of your home, if you're single or your home with just your husband or your home with all your children or your home, if you're living with your parents who need you to care for them or whatever it may be doing that with excellence. So I think when you're getting started, the first step, kind of like you mentioned, is to truly learn to love your home, to see it as your project, your place of work, your domain, and to take pride in it, to take ownership of it and say, ladies and gentlemen, this is my stage. This is the stage that I will serve the world from, serve my family from, serve my friends from. And like Audrey says, it's the the smile that you wear, the flowers you put on, the like what atmosphere am I creating here in my home? Do you remember the process of deciding this is what I want my home to feel like? Mm, I don't know. I want to just like go back to to one thing because 
I know we're not talking to all full-time homemakers. And what if, uh, as women and Frank, (laughs) if we adopted this, hi Frank, if we adopted a mindset of, um, you know, even if you are a (laughs) nuclear physicist or a barista or a full-time teacher, what if the mindset was that you were also a homemaker? I mean, I, I think that it's really easy to just lump homemaker into the category of this is a woman who has stay chosen to mom. not work outside right. the home mom, a stay at home mom or somebody who, who isn't in the workforce. But I, I believe that the woman who is in the workforce is still a homemaker. Oh, big whether time. she's in an apartment herself or she's got six kids big time, you know, who are in school that she's, she's still a homemaker. So I, I would love to see everybody adopt like this is my home. This is my sense of pride mm-hmm. in my home. Like don't don't uh, exclude yourself from the homemaker category. Big time. Because you're a career woman. Right. I'm a career woman. Right. It just happens to be in this little room that I'm sitting in. <laughs> yeah. You know, like in my office here. I, so. I learned to be a homemaker from my mom. And I did. She keep, kept an amazing home and she still keeps an amazing home. And she worked full time. She's worked full time out of the home my entire life. In fact, she's only home now because of the virus. So this is, I just told her the other day, I was like, it's so fun knowing you're home. Like I can call you in the middle of the day or you can come over for a latte because never in my life have you been available. But it was nights and weekends. And even mm-hmm. in that time, she was able to cultivate an incredible atmosphere in our home through food and friends and activities. And the aroma of our home was one that was uplifting and clean and inviting. And like I mentioned earlier, that doesn't mean it was perfect all the time. There were plenty of moments, but she took pride in her home. She took ownership of it. And in that specific way, tailored to her life and what was going on in it, she was able to cultivate a home saying, I see value in this. I know why I'm doing this. And she sort of lived with this vision, even working outside the home, living with a vision of what she wanted her home to be for her family. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I live in the shadow of my mother's homemaking. She was amazing. I have no memories of mess. The, the most mess I have a memory of is the laundry pile at the top of the stairs and we would throw our laundry in a corner. We never, we were never a hamper family and it was probably my job to take it down. <laughs> so that's probably why there was a, a soggy <laughs> lot of towels. Um, Slowly rotting the and, wood floor underneath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the occasional glob of, oh, gross, Aquafresh toothpaste <laughs> in the sink. <laughs> but, um, but other than that, I remember clean floors, clean sheets, three meals a day, like packed lunches, dishwasher running at the end of the day with a candle lit on the counter, bleached keds Mm -hmm. lined up in the windowsill so they could air dry overnight. I mean, she was fastidious. I don't know. I tell myself, like, I if I start to feel kind of down on myself, I'm like, okay, you have twice as many children as she did. And by the time she had the third her youngest was seven. So we were pretty spaced out, self-sufficient yeah, and self-sufficient. You yeah. know, I just, I just remember mm-hmm. it. I Spot love that. Was, and it was a very small, it was a very small little Cape Cod, but I just don't remember um, 
sometimes the mudroom, we called it a mudroom, uh, got a little gnarly and stuff. I just remember it being so clean and so welcoming. Mm. And um, the other moms in our neighborhood, I mean, without paint, I'm not painting with too big of a brush, but they were all um, single moms and in and had careers. Uh, so my mom was sort of like um, the mother hen to the latchkey children. That's what they were called mm-hmm. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the 70s, Shay. <laughs> it was the 80s. Um, but they, our home was kind of like this refuge and they would stay at our house until their moms got home from work. Mm-hmm. My mom would feed them snacks and... Um, mm-hmm. one little, one, one little girl came over and her parents were actually separating at the time. And all the kids were in the windowsill drying with the little blue tag, you know, that's what mm-hmm. my mom would do. She'd bleach them and she'd put them in the windowsill. Oh, sill. I miss wearing kids. What a nostalgic she, thing. <laughs> this child, Fun. she's like, I wish my mom had time to do that. Mm. I mean, it was just like, she noticed, I think it really touched my mom or kind of, maybe it disturbed my mom. She was a little rattled by it. It's mm-hmm. just like. It was sad. Yeah. But that's, my mom was just kind of like you were saying, your mom on Friday would have like, you'd smell bleach, bleach. and there's always something new. Yeah. I would come home and there would be clean sheets on my bed. And then when I was a teenager, I would come home if I stayed out too late or whatever. And she had pity on me and she would make my bed for me with the clean sheets, <laughs> even though it was probably something I should have done. <laughs> and I would get home and I'd be like, oh, thank you. Oh, I didn't want to sleep see, on a mattress. That Thanks, almost mom. makes me... <sighs> This is going to sound wrong. <laughs> That's okay. my specialty. Um, my kids don't ever leave. Like, I never feel like I get the yeah. opportunity to express See. that in that same way. Because I have the fondest memories of coming home and the house would just mm-hmm. reek of comet and bleach. And I, to this day, yeah. love the smell of both. I love it. Chemical poison. I love For it. For all our naturalness. It's the same thing. Scoured. The tub would be yeah. shined. And, but, you know, so I'm, I was going to say to her credit, but to my credit, <laughs> uh, we left. Yeah. We left all day. You know, I like, know. I know. It's um, yeah. it's just different. And and it's, it's different. Path we've chosen and I stand by it. But I do have daydreams sometimes of like what if everyone just wasn't here for four hours like what could can i you imagine no i can't imagine oh i don't want to imagine okay god makes me sad to think about. okay here we go <laughs> okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. run into a different quote because i think this reminds me so much of that story you just shared hmm. i believe that a godly home is a foretaste of heaven our homes imperfect as they are must be a haven from the chaos outside they mm-hmm. should be a reflection of our eternal home where troubled souls find peace Weary, weary hearts find rest, hungry bodies find refreshment, lonely pilgrims find communion, and wounded spirits find compassion. That's from Janie Ortland. And I love that quote because that's fantastic. When I am upset with my children for whatever, this is such a great quote for me to read. I'm going to write this down and I'm going to put it where I do dishes because. <clears throat> This is our opportunity right now in our specific positions where we are with young children at home. You know, if we screw up now, (laughs) they're not going to want to come home. Mm -hmm. And this is our opportunity to create that environment for our children the way that our moms created it for us. I remember a particular moment when we were in Alabama and you guys have heard me share the story. Didn't have two nickels to rub together. 
uh, Stu's best friend, Alex, and his wife, Lauren, at that time were living in Laurel, Mississippi, which was about a four hour drive from where we were in Fairhope, Alabama. I had just, Georgia was little. I had just had Owen and had this horrible birth. So things were just really rough. Stu and I were stressed. We were poor. They invited us to come up for the weekend. And so we literally saved our money, got a tank of gas and drove up to Mississippi. And Lauren met us there. It was late, kind of late at night when we got there. She had roasted a chicken. She had cooked a pot of rice. And she had a gallon of raw milk (laughs) Um, because her and I had been talking about how much I missed having that in Alabama. And I sat at their supper table with this very just modest meal. They were renting this lower level one room kind of a house. You know, they didn't have much to spare. But I walked in and there was music playing and it smelled like friends and food. And we were welcomed to their table and I kept drinking my milk and Lauren would just fill my cup, just Mm -hmm. fill it up. And I knew what it took for them to prepare that meal for us. To this Mm -hmm. day, it is one of the top five meals that I remember ever because it wasn't about having this perfect house or having, you know, (laughs) bubbly on ice. That wasn't Mm -hmm. it at all. When I walked in, my weary heart, my hungry body my lonely, wandering, out-of-place self was given a taste of just rest and communion and refreshment and true nourishment from my bones over chicken and rice. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I cling to that story often. They didn't even know what they were doing at the time. You know, here I am seven right. years later talking about this, this meal. But that in homemaking is what I want people to feel when they walk in my home. I want Mm -hmm. it to be a time of you come in here. Like I got this, you sit, you rest with your wounded spirit or your hungry body or whatever it is. And let me take care of you. That's sort of what I see as my job. When people come into this home, it's easy to forget we're doing that for our children too, because Mm -hmm. they are here all the time. But that, Go ahead. Oh, no. Um, I think that's why I really do think that the homemaking is a mindset. It's it's not necessarily a specific list of things you do. Start your sheets, make a roast chicken, fresh bread daily. It's not that. It's the comfort that your intentional actions offer either yourself, like if you're single, or offer your husband or your children if... If it's, uh, you know, having a snack or a big bowl of popcorn when your kids get home from school, you know, like every if it's making sure, you know, everybody's been out on errands and you order the pizzas and they arrive when everybody gets home, you know, like everybody, I think it's a mindset. It's not like a list of things. I, I think it's really easy, especially maybe in listening to a show like ours or watching YouTube channels like ours to think, well, I there's this apparent X, Y, Z, one, two, three, four, you know, this list to make it look like their version of homemaking. But I, I do think it's um, a mindset. Well, we even ran to that in, and, and in doing the show notes, the outline for what we wanted to talk about, because mm-hmm. when this is something you research and it's like, here's 20 points, start your bread at night, you know, clean your bathrooms this time of day. And, and I just thought, no way. 
That's not what it is at right, all. Right. That's not what it is mm-hmm. at all. It's first learning to love your home, to take pride in it, take ownership of it, and using that to create life and beauty and environment for what that looks like for you. So in doing that, don't you think then the, if homemaking is a mindset, then, then the home, the mindset, dare I say, needs to be the home is the springboard. The home is it's HQ, right? As, as much as you might love your job outside the home or your children might love their school, this is home plate. This is, this is HQ and everything goes from this center core and goes outward. Absolutely. Uh, and not vice versa. Absolutely. Yes. I feel very strongly feel about very that. very strongly about that as well. <laughs> Just for the record. Yes, because yeah, um, like, this, I, I've de- dealt with this question a lot from readers and listeners who say, well, I want to sit down and have supper as a family together at night. I want that for our family. But X, Y, Z, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my response is always unliked. And that's then cut that because the mm-hmm. nuclear, the nucleus of this, this thing has to be dealt with first. And so I think a big part of homemaking is saying, what are those things going to be for our family based on our circumstances? What is that nucleus going to be like? What, what are the types of things that you would say that is for you where this has to happen at HQ regardless. And then from there, how that outworks into different pieces is going to, is susceptible to change. Mm-hmm. So for us, like mealtime, that was like, this mm-hmm. is HQ right here, mealtime. Yeah. What kind of things like that? The, uh, the, the time together, like we, we have... In since because you know, I've never been, I don't like to be busy. Um, and my version of busy or my, you know, everybody's like busy o meter <laughs> is different. I'm very hypersensitive to busyness because I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> and I don't like to be obligated to outside sources. It really stresses me out. Shay's laughing. I am because it's so um, yeah. Yeah. So true. Meals for sure. Um but just family time, just the outside, a lack of outside pressure to, to leave. Mm-hmm. We're going to do church. Everybody may have one activity if they want to. And my kids are pretty much homebodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're not, they're just not big on outside activities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told them like, you could do one thing if you want and I'll facilitate that. Um, and family time and then and then not just trying to fill I think it's a lack of trying to fill every um down moment just a, an ability to I, I want everybody in this home to have the ability to just be and not always to be seeking the next thing seeking the next occasion or even running be the told next errand what to do. and even or even be told what to do I want everybody including myself to have the mental space, the freedom of mind to develop thoughts, mm-hmm. develop ideas, be alone with themselves, mm-hmm. to find um, enjoyment in being with the family. And I am not like painting some ridiculous rose colored glasses picture. Like, don't get me wrong. I have six kids. They fight. They squabble. They 
they nitpick pick at each other <laughs> at the dinner table, you know, like we yes. are just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's still kind of like this central like workings, and then and then we go out and we go out from there. Mm-hmm. And so we are together. It's even if like like just the other day we were eating a meal and one of my children wasn't hungry and it was a really laid back meal. It was not like a sit down. We were, everybody kind of had movement in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and this child said, well, I'm not hungry. So I'm just going to go back to what I was doing. I'm like, no, you can just stay. You can just, I don't care if you just stand there, mm-hmm. but we're going to just yeah. be here and we're going to refuel together. It might not feel like refueling. Call me in 20 years and tell me if it was refueling. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to disperse. And right now that's everybody dispersing to their own room or their own hobby or wherever they play in the woods or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I really answered your question eloquently, mm-hmm. but. Um, but you did in a way like I, also it, that kind of delve into, delves into what's your goal? Like, what's your mm-hmm. goal as a family? And I think you have to sort of set that goal or maybe not as a family, like maybe as yourself. What's the goal here? What's the goal here? Um, My goal would be to create a home where children feel welcomed. They feel safe. Mm -hmm. They feel a part of something. Um, They feel nourished and rested and fed. And my goal would be for the same. If if people are invited into the home, that they would feel that as well. That's, Mm -hmm. that's how I want people to feel. Um, when they come to my home, we had a male lady come down the driveway the other day. I was actually on the phone with you when she came and she said, your gardens are so beautiful. She said, it just brightened my day to see all those flowers blooming. And I thought, I'll take it. <laughs> like That's a victory mm-hmm. to me. Um, mm-hmm. What can seem selfish and on the bad days, I just want a clean house. Is that so hard? Um, you forget what a blessing all that work can be towards other people, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. like you said, the children probably won't appreciate it now. They won't. Cause this is all they know. This is their norm. But I'd like to think there's going to be a day where they look back and they say, okay, I see this now. I see this now. So, um, would that differ for your goal of your home? Um, I want people to have. I think that probably the biggest goal is just a source of comfort. Yes. Like I, I I want them to feel when they're older and they come back someday, I will feel comforted the minute I walk in that door Mm -hmm. when they're out with their friends. I I want them to feel comforted. It's why I'm so hard on them about picking on each other Mm -hmm. because like this needs to be the safest place in the world for these eight people, Mm -hmm. for all eight of us. This needs to be the safest place. I love that. Go pick on your friends, <laughs> but you may not pick on each other, you know? Yes. So I do want, I want all the warm fuzzies. Yeah. And f- for me, I have a lot of mental space and clarity and comfort when things are tidy and neat. And so that's sort of my way of expressing it. And, you know, it's kind of like a love language. You, you exercise what your main love language is. So if I want a clean house for my mental well-being, then I kind of assume everybody else wants a clean house for their mental well-being mm-hmm. kind of a thing. But they do come around. And I've told you this. They do come around and they do mm-hmm. notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just silly. We When we were on, um, we took our 
big one. Sorry, my mom. Uh, family vacation before the whole world shut down. I'm just so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we had never been on vacation as a family, and we the world shut down about five days later after we got home. But you know, you're eating vacation food, and it's tough. It's tough on the belly. And Aiden came to me, and he's like, "Oh no, I know why you're always." feeding us the way I do, the way you do. He's like, darn it. Thank you. I just want to go home and I just want to eat like chicken stock. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, now you know why. I've taken another page from your book in that um, we're just sort of getting into this arena where friends are coming into our home a little bit more. You know, it's not like Mm -hmm. the babies are just getting together for play date, as you like to call it. I'm kidding. I, I know. I'm I don't kidding. Like to I know. Call it. I'm kidding. You know, I hate I was that being word. Sarcastic. <laughs> um, okay. But sarcasm. But I also I found myself needing to work on creating that same environment for friends to come in to say mm-hmm. this is a safe space. Here are our boundaries. Here are our rules. Um, and making it feel like a very welcoming and rich and lovely place for them to be, so that they want mm-hmm. to be here as well. In those teenage years that get a little hairy, get a little bit Mm -hmm. more tangled, I want my children and I want my children's friends to feel like this is a this is a good place to be. This is a comforting place to be. So. So how do you do that? How do you do that? Um, (laughs) I'll just come out and say the very unpopular opinion. (laughs) I think your house needs to be pretty clean. (laughs) I think it needs to be pretty clean. Perfect. No dishes. Pepperoni stuck to the floor. Like this is inevitable. Okay. And if you have Mm -hmm. those friends over, it's going to be even worse. But somewhere, somewhere in that, there needs to be a moment for the house to breathe, for you to breathe. You mentioned like at the end of the night. Okay. Mm -hmm. mom goes through and we all pitch in and we clean up and we wash all the dishes and we light the candle and chairs are pushed in and it's reset. Even if that's the only clean moment of your day, um, that's still something. Which it usually is. That's that's usually usually the only clean moment of my day. Exactly. But when you've got countertops that are just full of stuff and you've got turds that haven't been flushed down the toilet which is also inevitable just flush often every time you go in just if it's brown flush it down um oh my heaven you know there mm-hmm. are things that you can do to make it feel better so one example would be i always work really hard to make sure that there is hand soap and a hand clean hand towel in the bathroom because it does happen where people stop by or come in. And mm-hmm. like we mentioned before, it's inevitably when there's something brown that needs to be flushed down. But there are these like <laughs> small, small little tastes of um, comfort. You know, if you go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. you want to wash your hands. You don't want to be like having dripping down, having just rinsed with water and be like, now where do I like this? I'll just wipe these on my shirt. You know, there are these little things that, that makes somebody's experience in your home better naturally. So like dirty underwear on the floor, right? (laughs) Um, I'm really conscious of smells in my house. So 
I'm self-conscious of like I get really <laughs> insecure and paranoid if my house smells bad. Have you ever gone on a trip or been gone for a long time and walked in your home yeah. and gone, wait, it smells like an old lady. This, yeah. This is what my home smells like. Like if what does your home I smell tell like? You. What does it smell like? Well, I just found a rotting case of onions in the basement. So the irony of you saying that. Shay, I'm really hoping that at some point I do some errands and I come back and it makes a difference because for the last year, I'm like, what is that smell? And you guys are home. The basement air is very prevalent in our home because we don't have ductwork. We're like an eco house. And so there's holes in the floor and the air circulates. The basement is part of our air circulation routine. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, I would be so grieved. I just like, so, oops, I just hit the mic. So embarrassed by this <laughs> smell. And I could never figure out what it is. I'm like, I'm running diffusers. I'm doing laundry. There's, what is it? And I found, I found, found it. it. I found it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a gross yeah. smell. It's disgusting. I took three boxes of rotting onions from my root cellar just this morning. It was just time. Really? They bolt. It's started to get really hot. And when it gets really hot outside the root mm-hmm. cellar, even the root cellar gets hot. So the onions just went. Right. And same thing was in my kitchen. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is gnarly. So I took all of them out, cleaned up everything, and then turned on the diffuser with just like 30 drops of peppermint oil. I was like, get it out of here. Get it out of here. Right. <laughs> like an exorcism. Yeah. But, um, you know. I don't mind the smells of of food. Like if you walk in and it smells like dinner, that's great. But when it's all but musty washcloth, yeah, or something no like good. that, Ugh. no good, no good. So, um, I think cleanliness it has to be a part of our routine as a homemaker because mm-hmm. people thrive in it. And if you just think, well, I'm not really a clean person, I'm not really an organized person, get over it and learn to be. None of us knew how to do this. But I think what people find is that when they start to live a little like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to focus on the bathroom or I'm just going to focus on making Mm -hmm. sure all the dishes are done before bed. You really start to like it because it feels better. It feels Mm -hmm. good. Um, I don't think anybody likes filth. Right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to run scenarios in my head of when (laughs) that's a good thing. And I just, I just can't. I can't think of any time that mess is a good mess and cleanliness are different. We should distinguish um, because your house is going to be messy. Mess is If life. you want people yeah. in your house, it's going to be messy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm a big list person. Are you? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've got Pro- lists probably. scribbled all uh, over I just the remember, world. <laughs> I can just see on my grandmother's countertop, her cursive you know her handwriting every day mm-hmm. it was a list and she'd go by and she'd put a line through yep. it put a line through it put a line through it i love lists i know not everyone does i think if you're going to become a list maker like go easy on yourself just write down like maybe just write down one thing mm-hmm. that you need to get done you know because it's you don't nobody needs anything else to feel bad about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even the cleaning, like, don't try to just become an organized person. Forget it. Like, don't, don't bother. Mm-hmm. Just go organize your forks mm-hmm. and send me some. Um, <laughs> organize your wine and send me some. Uh, but like, 
Just a little bit at a time, just bite off a little bit. And then you will get to the point where, um, you like things. That's a a a really good point. If you just, if you're like me, I'm very emotionally inspired by things. If I listen to something Mm -hmm. or see something, I'm like, oh yeah, got it. Um, and then I do, I, I peak quickly and then I crash and then I beat myself up like, oh, you loser. You couldn't even keep -hmm. your silverware organized for six days. Um, years. Angela, I've been doing this now for, I don't know, a little over 10 years, kind of really Mm -hmm. learning how to be a homemaker in this way. Um, and you've been at it for 25 years, Mm -hmm. just so it's, it's a process. It is a process. Um, and it's not about perfection. Like, that's not I, I like, that's not what we're talking about because like, I've told my mom before, I'm like, what you see like, like after having a baby or, you know, I was always so sick being pregnant. I'm like, this is me doing my very best. Right. <laughs> and again, so then, then you, it comes down to the mindset. Mm-hmm. My mindset is that I'm taking care of my home as best as I can. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're going to do something with a level of excellence, then 15 glasses on your nightstand is not excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, it is coming to terms with your work ethic. And not, again, you like you intimated that's not always the most popular it's not a po- it's not a view. popular point of view but but if we're going to look at this as our job yeah there are expectations on the job site yes i think just saying that hits on you know. the exact next point i wanted to touch on was it was okay. not this is not meant in any way shape or form in any capacity this is not meant to be easy and it's not going to be it is so hard, <laughs> so mm-hmm. hard. S- this is so hard. And you need to hear that. <laughs> you need to accept it because you're going to feel like maybe you're doing something wrong. Like, I just am not cut out for this. Wrong. It's hard. It's just hard. That's it. Mm-hmm. Would you like to expand on how hard this is? Yeah, and it's not... <laughs> It's uh, not, not really. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. It is. It's not meant to but be But I mean, easy. I just, again, you know, you know me, I'm always like referring to like Pinterest or, you know, you and I do social media, like it, lower your expectations, mm-hmm. like, or lower your, uh, the end result. Just, it, it's not going to look like something out of a magazine. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about creating an environment. Mm-hmm. Of safety and warmth, whether it's for you alone or whether you have 12 children. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to look different for different people. Yeah, I have a very dear friend with a lot of kids. Um, And her home is so inviting and warm. Is it perfect? No, there's it's. Usually where there's like three rooms that look really nice Mm -hmm. and then a couple that don't. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, don't look in there or whatever. (laughs) I know how that goes. She has a lot of children. But I tell you what, I when I'm there, I don't want to leave. I feel so loved and so cared for. There's always what um, makes you feel that way there. She's always she's always smiling at just so happy, genuinely happy to see you. You know, people like to be around people that make them feel good about themselves. She makes me feel good. She's she's nurturing. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, you know, 
don't mind the mess. What would you like? Would you like a slice of cheese? Can I get one? Can I get you a Perrier? You know, like just very hospitable. Oh, here, sit in this chair. Here's a blanket. Are you cold? You know, feel free to use the quilt. Would you like an extra pillow? You know, and then 20 minutes into the conversation, would you like a refill on your coffee? Um, accommodating and, mm-hmm. and there's kids everywhere. And I, gosh, I just love being in her home. Mm. I don't get to cause I moved right. away. Um, but I, I love it. I think she has a profound gift for making someone feel welcome, even in the middle of sometimes craziness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? I'm I'm trying to think the things you could do because you get to experience your home, right? Even if you're just doing it for yourself, mm-hmm. you get to live there. You get to experience that. And that is worth it a hundred percent. But I'm trying to think about what those things are when somebody comes into your home that make them feel, yeah, this is where I want to be. Um, and my immediately thought, my first thought was a beverage. Um mm-hmm depending on the time of day, whatever that would be, but there's something comforting about like, are you thirsty? What can I, what can I do you for? As they say. And, um, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a gin and juice. Maybe it's a black coffee. Maybe it's just a nice glass of water. Maybe it's raw milk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who knows? But I think there's something to that of a little bit of just, and not in an artificial way, but just a little bit of doting. Like how, mm-hmm. how can I serve you? What, what, what is it that you need? Do you need a hot shower? Do you need a meal? Do you need something to drink? Do you need to take a nap? Like what, what is it that I can do to help you feel more comfortable and safe right now? And I don't think that's just hospitality. I think that's definitely say something we can say to our husbands when they walk in the room. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we can say to our children. Mm-hmm. What can I do for you? How can I serve mm-hmm. you? Is there something that you need? Or sometimes you, you have know? to tell them, I know what you need. You need to go take a shower. You're a hot mess. Right. Go take a shower. I'm going to make some, we call it sweet milk, which is warmed milk with a little bit of syrup in it. We call it cozy milk. Oh, that's great. Junior calls it cozy yeah. milk. Can I have cozy yeah. milk? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my mom doing that to me, just recognizing the state of things and mm-hmm. saying, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh, that is not how yeah. this is going to go down here. Um, so you guys, you go clean up that mess joyfully, take care of it all. I'm going to make some popcorn and then we'll sit down for a family movie or something. Mm -hmm. How can we change the atmosphere to be, to feel that way? That's kind of the question I'm asking myself every day. I'm, I'm like reading the aroma. What's it like? And sometimes that means packing up all the work and all the cleaning and all the laundry and loading everybody up in the car and going for a drive in the mountains and getting a s- overpriced smoothie from the health food store and just taking <laughs> mm-hmm. a little reset. Sometimes that's what my mm-hmm. homemaking looks like because it really is the mindset, not just the act, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that sort of segues into this other point of this is going to be so different in your home depending on if you have children or don't have children or just as time passes, I mean, I feel like our home, maybe you feel the same, Ange, it operates on this like eight to 11 week seasonal cycle or it's so cyclical. <laughs> it's incredible. You get it in How the pocket. All, yeah. And you're like, I got it. And then you can ride that for like 10 weeks and then, oh, okay, well, I feel like this kid, maybe we're going to have to shift this a bit (laughs) or Mm -hmm. 
or maybe it's the husband, or maybe it's you like reading the situation. It's like, it's challenging. <laughs> it's like you're, you're it trying to be a half mind reader. And, but I, yeah. I ex- you know, explain this to Stu, like as a homemaker, it makes me super perceptive to the unspoken and like reading mm-hmm. people's body language and emotions. And he's like, not, it doesn't even register for him, but I'm like, do you oh, see yeah. this, the shoulder th- like, and he'll always say, oh, you're reading too much into that. And I was like, no, I just, I learned to read people, you know, mm-hmm. that's part of my job in a way as a homemaker. Yeah. I'll say to Joel, I think this one needs X, Y, Z. I'm like, haven't you noticed whatever? He's like, no, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I wish you pulled some quotes for our notes here. And I wish I would have thought of this. I don't think the book is in here, but I have, you know, I, my love for Laura Ingalls. I have a great book that she wrote before she was Laura Ingalls, if you know what I mean, when she was writing for the newspaper. And I think we've talked about this before, how she wrote about the family motto. And she always, she also talks about women working outside the home. And she was a very strong woman. And she was not, she never said that they shouldn't work outside the home, which I thought was great. But she did say, as a culture, we need to acknowledge in so many words, she said this as a culture, we need to acknowledge what is this going to do for the home? Mm -hmm. Who is going to be the home economist? Who is going to be Dr. Mom? Where, where will this start to affect, Mm -hmm. um, the training of how to take care of a home? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, uh, um, we, we will, we will like quote pay for this in some way. And as, as long as we can accommodate and acknowledge that, be aware of it. Yes. You know, but it well, was, Stu always says like she, everything has a bite. Okay. So like mm-hmm. if women stay home, that has a certain bite. Okay. That means mm-hmm. maybe we're going to take the bite financially. Mm-hmm. Um, if a woman works, that has a bite, <laughs> right? It means that she's not right. going to be there to pick the kids up and that can be a challenge in its own way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, there's a lot of what we've encountered even since starting the podcast is people reaching out to us and saying, like, I don't even know where to begin. I mm-hmm. don't even know what homemaker mm-hmm. means. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's something like Laura was saying. Now we've gone maybe 70 years since she wrote that or 80 years since she wrote that. And now we're just we don't even know, like, what what it means. Right. right. To, to run our home. And again, like just, just bring it right down to just being a single woman in your flat. What does it mean to mm-hmm. be a caretaker of your own personal existence? Not always having to leave. Mm-hmm. And not that there's anything wrong with leaving. I do have a, like, I have another friend whose um, home is utter chaos. Mm-hmm. Utter chaos. She never wants to be home. The kids are always on the go, always running here, running there. Like it's just a complete, outside stimulus Mm -hmm. um and from my perspective watching that situation i wouldn't want to be there either Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um so that kind of that kind of leads me to a quote um and we're almost done on our time but i think this kind of points to some of that uh this is a quote from edith schaefer from a book called the hidden art of homemaking It is true that all men are created in the image of God, but Christians are supposed to be conscious of the fact and being conscious of it should recognize the importance of living artistically, aesthetically, and creatively as creative creatures of the creator. 
If we have been created in the image of an artist, then we should look for expressions of artistry and be sensitive to beauty, responsive to what has been created for us. This doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. your house is going to look like mine or mine is going to look like Angela's or anybody's house should look the same because the manifestation of that beauty and the recognition of that beauty is yours. That's the point. It's artistically and aesthetically and creatively an outworking of being made in the image of an artist. And Mm -hmm. I love that because it gives you this free expression. But I think to the point, beauty of some kind, chaos is not beauty. Some, well, I should preface that there is some, Mm -hmm. there is some chaotic beauty, but in our Mm -hmm. homes, when we're talking about, you got to have clean underwear. Okay. So the chaos of where's my underwear and is it clean? And where do I even put Mm -hmm. it? That's not beauty. Mm -hmm. Right. The chaos of, is there a clean dish somewhere that I could eat off of? Or am I to eat this with my hands? That's not beauty. And so I guess the overarching theme of today would be, yeah, what's the takeaway? If, if you're like, what new are we... to this, um, you know, and you're really trying to find your find out where you're even going to get your footing, take some time to think about what inspires you. What is your goal with your home? Mm-hmm. What do you ho- mm-hmm. want your home to feel more of or look more of so that you feel more of? And then paying attention to cleaning and learning the flow of your home and of your family and how your family uses your home. And if you're coming home for an hour and then rushing out for gymnastics or whatever, learn that flow. So you can say, we might not Mm -hmm. be sitting down at the table as a family tonight, but I'm going to throw something in the Instapot and we're going to have, you know, a 15 minute hot meal, something ready. So we don't have to eat, you know, take out in the car, um, paying attention to how your family uses your home, uh, or how you use your home to create with the goal in mind. And I think it's always good. We've Mm -hmm. talked about this before, but Having a family motto, having a family goal, what are we working towards here? Because like mm-hmm. you mentioned, if we're working towards safety and comfort, then that's going to point you to certain tasks in your home. Right? So that mm-hmm. would that mm-hmm. would that's what I hope people take away is that there is certainly no homogenized boxed in square of what this is going to look like or what it takes even to be a homemaker. Um Because I think, like you mentioned, a big part of it is just click your mind in, be aware of your home. This is your stage. What are you going to do with it? What do you want to do with it? Yeah. If, if I was starting from square one, I would, I'm a pen to paper kind of a girl. I would take pen to paper and I would start with the end result. What is the end result I want? Yes. And maybe make some categories, the end result, as far as cleanliness, the end result, as far as the mood, the end result, as far as the meals, like what. Maybe just like those yeah. three, start with those three or something really simple. Yeah. And that I'm a big goal setter. And I always believe in starting with the end result and then working backwards. Totally. So if you want a clean home or if you ty- want to be the type of woman or have the kind of home where there's a tidy linen closet, say that's you've decided that's something important to you. And what are just work backwards. Mm-hmm. Does that mean laundry on Tuesdays and Thursdays and you pop on homemaker chic and you get it done and you put the towels right away instead of leaving them on the stairs, you know, like right. just a few things. And just maybe every, like you said, every eight to 11 weeks or every quarter or whatever, just take a chunk at a few more things 
mm-hmm. your end result is not going to be our end result. And um, start developing that mindset of being a homemaker yeah. and don't box yourself in and don't sell yourself short, whether, like I said, you're single in a flat or whether you have 12 kids. Yeah. Get excited Decide about what it. You want it to look like. Get excited yeah, about it. Get freaking it, passionate, it is, man. It, if if you're going to look at it as a job, a job has a job description. A job has you're you're a part of a company to to bring something to fruition. Right. So what do you want to bring to fruition in your home? Right. Make a few notes a couple times a year and work backwards yeah. and see what kind of habits need to be changed or give yourself a big freaking pat on the back. You're probably doing a hundred things really, really yeah. good. And you just need to celebrate yeah. that. For sure. I love that. And so, I gotta say this was, this was very edifying for me to even have this conversation, a good reminder, um, particularly for the people that I am around the most, which is my dear mm-hmm. sweet children, um, that this is home. Isn't just to look good when visitors come. But uh, it's meant to be good and beautiful for the people who live here all the time, mm-hmm. too. So I love that. Ladies, thanks for Wonderful. joining us today. Um, I would love to hear what homemaking looks like for you over on Instagram. Uh, make sure you tag us at Homemaker Chic Podcast. And while you're there, while you're browsing around, make sure to sh- show some love to our fabulous sponsors, Toops & Co., coupon code homemaker for a 10% discount off that beautiful, all natural skincare and makeup. And of course, American Blossom Linens coupon code homemakerchic20 on those fabulous, so comfortable. I'm about ready to go make my bed with them actually right now because it's clean sheet day here. Talking about homemaking. Mm. Uh, Homemaker Chic 20 and that's American Blossom Linens. And of course, We love it when you visit us over on patreon.com. So we are at patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. And this is the place where our diehards can show their love to the podcast and become a part of what we're doing for either $5 a month or $10 a month. You show your love. We show our love with digital copies of our cookbooks and we hang out very privately with you once a month. Everyone has a glass of wine or a latte and we laugh and whoop it up. So fun. Do we whoop it up? Whoop. There it is. Whoop. There it is. There it is. There it is. And we're going to do that here in a couple of weeks for our May edition of this private session. So you can join us there. So head over to patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. We have a lot of fun there and we so very much appreciate those of you that are wanting to be a part of what we're doing over on Patreon. It means so much to us. Yes, we love it. All right. Well, this was a great conversation, Ange. I'm glad you picked the topic. You nailed it. Thank you. Nailed You're a it. real winner in my book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real homemaker. That's right. <laughs> and to the rest of you, we will see you Thursday for an all new Thursday episode. All new Blur's Day. Until then, cheers. cheers.